This is Next Level, an Align Life Pro real life case study that follows the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert, and New York Times best-selling author, Michael Linton, as they guide me, Mike Andolfo, a small business owner, on a journey to triple my business. We invite you to join us so that we can all learn to become better leaders that know how to work on their business and not just in their business. Welcome back to the Align Life Pro. I am Mike Andolfo, and I am joined, as always, by New York Times bestselling author, Michael Lennington, who hates being introduced as New York Times bestselling author, Michael Lennington, but that's all right. They and you do it every time. So I do it every time. Just poke the bear. Just poke it, poke it, poke it. <laughs> and the queen of coaching, uh, she does not mind being called the queen, Kristen Tabbert. She loves being called the queen. Mm-hmm. Good, morning. Good morning. Good morning. No Good morning. idea. Uh, and we're also joined, you know, I've got Michael and Kristen who are on a pace uh, or here to help me triple my business. But uh, these other two guys are two guys, I would say, that are helping me triple my business. They're people that I advise with quite often to of what I would call. Uh, I know we probably shouldn't say this on the show, but they're two of my best friends in life. Um, and that is Carl Miller in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, I've probably slept in a hotel room with Carl more than anyone else besides my wife. And... Um, <laughs> And I'm wearing the hat right now. If you are watching on Spotify, uh, the Inspire Campfire podcast, which is amazing. And uh, my good friend, Scott Wurzbacher, uh, and who I bonded with in the pool in San Diego five years ago. And if you are watching the video, you'll see that he literally looks like my mini me. He is. He is. Um, if, if you had a much better looking mini me, Mike. Yeah. No, I mean, we got the same salt and pepper in the beard. Yeah, you know, it's good. all, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uncanny. So, well, I, I could throw the hat on too if you want, and then we can really be twins. But uh... <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> Should I show uh, what I'm wearing, Kristen? Go ahead. You sure? Everyone's going to have to get on Spotify and watch this. So, oh, the Frank yeah, Zappa there we go. <laughs> Hot Prats t shirt. There I'm, you go. I'm getting into my, uh, my music festival mode here. So. There you go. Uh, all right. So let's Scott and Carl just accomplished a major goal. Well, first off, let me see, Scott, do you want to say anything about your podcast real quick? Because I think it's amazing. Well, I appreciate that very much. It's just been a lot of fun and, uh, really just, it's, uh, it's about ordinary people telling their extraordinary stories of adventure. And it's just a lot of fun to listen to people talk about the, the things that, that drive them and motivate them and, and a lot like this podcast, the struggles that get in people's ways and how they overcome them. And then Carl, I'm, I don't want to like glance over the fact that you do a weekly show as well. I mean, it's a little more, I guess, locally guided towards your local market, but it's still, you know, all three of us, I think have been on it. If I'm not mistaken, are all, yeah. have all four of us been on it? Probably all four of us yes, have been on it. All four. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what, tell us a little about your show, Carl. So it's the uh, Carl Miller show. Very generic, but uh, it's a, it's a hyper local real estate show about the greater Lynchburg, Virginia, where I'm a real estate broker in, in Lynchburg and, we try to seek to educate and inform what's really going on in the real estate market, not just locally, but nationally as well. And part of that platform is bringing on people like yourself and other markets to share what's happening in the real estate market. Scott was just a recent guest, so we upload that. It, it, it airs live on the local radio station, WLNI, 105.9, Saturdays at 1130. And then but did we upload those episodes to the Carl Miller Show podcast as well. Awesome. And Scott, where do we, what's, what's the name of your podcast and where do we find it? Inspire Campfire. You can go to inspirecampfire.com and we're also on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Great. Fantastic. Everywhere. It's a great show. It is a great show. And so uh, Kristen and Michael have both come on my show as well because we're always trying to add value and get better as individuals. And my goal is just to spread the love a little bit with some of the people that have influenced me. 
<laughs> Love it. All right, so let's let's get into Kilimanjaro. Um, it, two, there was uh, three people on this podcast who were invited to go to Kilimanjaro, and only two of them made it. Um, so there you go, just from the weeding out process at the very beginning. Um, <clears throat> mainly because Carl has told me that a hike has been no big deal before and has almost killed me. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, there's still pictures that pop up with the, about that every once in a while. But um, talk a little bit about when you all made the decision to go to Kilimanjaro and then what you learned in the process of planning to go to Kilimanjaro. Scott, you want to go first? Yeah, I got to take this because, Mike, you know, I, I think you know, but you played a huge role in, uh, in making this thing whole happen. You, you mentioned that you and I bonded in the pool in San Diego. And in that conversation, there was some Kilimanjaro talk. And I, that was probably four, maybe I'd four years, five ago, years ago. Yeah. Maybe five years, maybe ago. five years ago. Yeah. There definitely was some talk there. But anyway, um, I, I love how all this stuff happens. I have a vision board. And on that vision board, I just have pictures of all kinds of things that I want to do, places I want to go. And Kilimanjaro is on there. And I printed a picture of Mount Kilimanjaro, I think probably seven, eight years ago, maybe more, and put that on this vision board. So anyway, I suspect you and Carl Miller probably had a conversation because about two years ago, Carl and I were on the phone talking about something completely unrelated to Kilimanjaro real estate. And, and Carl said, hey, you know, by the way... I'm thinking about putting this group of guys together and, and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And Mike Gandolfo said, you might be somebody that'd be interested in that. And while we're on the phone, I'm literally looking across my desk at this vision board and this picture of Kilimanjaro that's staring me in the eyes. And I think Carl will tell you, I mean, it was an immediate, yes, let's do this. Let's go. No question. You know, what was going through my mind was, all right, I got all these things on this board and, you know, time's time's ticking, right? And so if not now, then when? And here we are, I got this opportunity, this good friend of mine is asking me to go on this trip. Like it was a, it was a sacred yes. And, you know, I think it was just that drive that, you know, I think from there, everything just sort of fell into place, but it was that moment when it was, I was all in. And Carl, you kind of already had done a major goal like this before. You did an RV trip across the country with you know, that you can learn all about on Inspire Campfire with Scott Wurzbacher. Um, and you already kind of knew the pieces that had to be in place for you to, because when you go to Kilimanjaro, it's not like you're checking your, uh, you're not checking your email to see if a deal is uh, is going through on the side of the mountain or anything like that. So t talk about like, okay, now that you all made the decision to go to Carl Miller, what did you, how did you have to set up your life? so that you could go just enjoy this incredible experience. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And, and Mike, I got to give you a quick uh, shout out as well. You were also, um, as Scott alluded to, in instrumental in connecting Scott and, I, Scott and I, but you also had been in a conversation that I had had with uh, some other guys where we were sitting around a fire talking about trips. And we had uh, done a trip to West Virginia in the middle of COVID with our sons. And we're sitting around talking about Kilimanjaro or just adventures and Kilimanjaro came up and it's like, man, I'm in, you know, let's go. And uh, so that's kind of, it has started before that, but that, that, I think that trip that we took to West Virginia in June of 2020 really kind of said, look, life's too short. I'm going to do this trip. So, but back to, back to your question. Um, yeah, I had done a trip. I'd set a 10 year goal in 2009 to take off for the summer of 2019 and do a trip out West with my family. And so just in planning and prepping for that, um, there was 10 years of just literally it started out throwing just a few dollars a, a week into a jar, which then grew over time. And 
my goal on that trip was to take off for the summer, disconnect from my business, focus with my family and not have my cell phone with me. And also to have enough cash saved up before we hit that trip so that all my household expenses would be covered. Um, all the business expenses would be covered. If my team sold zero houses, their salaries would be covered and, and everybody would, uh, there would be no financial stress. So in doing that, I, I put a lot of cash into a separate account. It was just labeled, you know, RV trip 2019. And over time, just putting money in that jar and it grew over time. Uh, I, I had no financial stress. So then it was the logistical stress of stepping away from the business and how do I empower my team to run my business while I'm out of, out of the area. And uh, so basically six months of prepping my team, prepping them for the fact that I was going to be gone, empowering them to run my business. And then right before we left, I bought a little temporary cell phone number and uh, I took that phone with me, but my staff had my primary phone number and you know what? They ran the business. So that's kind of some logistics that went into this trip. And on that trip and on the RV trip, I would check in every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock and I didn't get in the weeds with any particular situation, but I would ask my staff, Hey, how can I help you? What's going on? What do you need from me? And it was just a conversation with my staff. And every week, sometimes those calls were 10 minutes. Sometimes they were 60 minutes, but just empowering them to run the business while I was gone. So what, so fast forward now to 2022, I knew that my staff were even better than they were in 2019. I had even better, more mature people in place. And it was really, really easy for me just to disconnect from the business and uh, leave my phone at the office and to be able to focus, be present with those I was with on that trip. Boomer. Well, just wanted to get your permission, sir. There you oh go. My Thank God. You. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, Kyle, that was really a, a great overview and I was getting writer's cramp kind of writing down the questions I have, but <clears throat> a couple of things you said, one was that, um, as I heard you, one was that you were not just funding your current lifestyle and business and all that stuff, but you were also funding the, this, this thing in the future. So there was a lot of work up front and, and you talked about funding it with money, but also funding it in a sense with building your team's capacity to execute without you. And, and one of the things that a lot of our clients struggle with sometimes is really getting their team to take ownership and, and trusting them enough to really be able to take a few months off and go do something crazy. I was going to say crazy, something wonderful like this trip. And um, so, so as all that work was, was kind of engaging you, you know, putting money away and getting your team ready to go. And, and that six month, you know, process you talked about, um, how did you decide you were going to put out that extra effort? I mean, was that difficult? And, and did you, did you look at the effort or were you looking at the goal? Yeah. You know, I was just looking at the goal. I mean, you know, you call it a vision, call it a goal, whatever. Like I, I just knew that I wanted to make that experience something fun and awesome. Okay. So that's going to happen. So what steps need to take, go into place? so that I can relax on that trip and be present and just enjoy the things around me. So whether it was the RV trip in 2019 or whether it was Kilimanjaro for three weeks in February of 2022, you know, the process is still kind of the same. So yeah, I didn't really think about, so I just kind of knew that the vision, I knew this was going to happen. So now it's just a matter of what, what's the action steps I need to put in place to make that happen. All right. Scott, so, I'm at, I'll, I'll go ahead. Sure. Follow up question on that. Sorry, Mike. Um, the, the other question I have for you is once you kind of trained your team to have autonomy, more autonomy and more ownership, right? Um, that's something a lot of our clients are striving for in general. I'm just, 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 you know, taking, getting my team so I can, I can take a, a week off and not stress out about it. Um, and so 
I don't know if, if you ran your team that way before this, and this is just a hyperdrive kind of um, making sure they can handle it without you there, or if it was kind of a, a learning path for both you and the team. And when you came back, did you find that you were leading your team differently? Did, did, did one of the outcomes turn into your team was, was, was now running without you and you could really even more fully step back from the day-to-day stuff? I tell you, I'm a work in progress, uh, okay. Michael, and my coach is working with me now to get me more and more out of production in the day to day because they are really good. And um, so back to just, I think back to empowering them, just giving them the empowering them to do the things that they're capable of doing already. And honestly, Carl gets in the way. Like I need to step Mm -hmm. back and just give them even more responsibility because they embrace it. And uh, fortunately we have a really good culture. Like we're all on the same page with what the, what the goals are and, and, and their, very, very good professionals and they are bought into the team mission. And, and so they're bought into the organization and the structures of the organization. So I, I, first of all, I'm so blessed with that. But then secondly, yeah, I think, I think I, I, where I'm at right now is I need to actually step back from more and more production, the hands-on day to day and be a leader and be the visionary and, and embrace that role. And, and honestly, that's probably my biggest pain point right now is how do I transition even more while I'm at the office so that they're doing those things that they did while I was out of the office. Yeah, I would expect that's why I appreciate that. And I expect that you probably didn't fully disengage during the trip. I mean, maybe I'm just making an assumption here, but how often were you checking back on the team, making sure that it wasn't going off a cliff as you were looking at the cliffs out West? I mean, what was, what was going through your head and how did you kind of get the comfort you needed to really relax and enjoy the trip? When you, when yeah. So, yeah. So in 2019, again, it was a weekly check-in call. That was okay. it. I mean, and, and there was only one time, that one of my staff members called me uh, outside of that Tuesday morning call and she just needed a little bit of advice. And she called me and, and we had awesome. a 20 minute phone call. That was it. So the, one time in nine weeks on Kilimanjaro, that was just happened this year. Honestly, I didn't check in at all. I mean, I was an email or two just to check in and say, Hey, I appreciate you guys so much. Here's a picture of what we're seeing right now. You know, it was a little encouraging note. That was it. I, I didn't talk any business at all with my team awesome. for three weeks. I'm getting uh, jealous here, Scott, listening to Carl speak, because I think one of the advantages almost that Carl has that you and I, uh, we have a crutch called our wives when we go do something fun like this. And we just assume that the wife is going to take care of everything. And uh, that probably, as much as anything else, probably hinders us from empowering our team the way we could empower our team. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that because, you know, Kilimanjaro, I mean, thank goodness for my wife because she did, she took care of everything while we were gone. And I know like, you know, I owed her huge when I got back because she, she was, she was carrying everything. And I would agree with what you're saying because in Carl's situation, you know, I mean, it's on him to put the pieces into place and, and to make sure that his team is, is truly running. And, uh, and I think that's one of the, the challenges worth working with a spouse because like, I want my wife to be able to go with me. So I can't always rel- rely on that. My wife and I want to be able to travel together. So um, yeah, I would totally agree with that, Mike. Yeah. It was one of the big ahas that I think Chrissy and I had uh, earlier last year is that for us to be able to go achieve the, the aspirational vision that we want, that both of us cannot be in leadership in the real estate company. Only one of us can. Kristen, did you have something you wanted to ask? I did. And then I forgot because, um, you ask your question, it'll come to me. I'll, I'll well, think of it the, I wanted to kind of go back to what Carl said a little bit, Chris, and I want you to dig into this. I mean, I think us, the three of us as leaders of our independent uh, real estate brokerages, it's, you know, we talk a lot about making sure we're focused on the blue chip activities. And Carl was just kind of diving into what those blue chip activities were. 
and that he gets in way on the on the other white and red chip activities. The white chips being the cheapest, I don't know if we get in the weeds that much on the white chip stuff, but I think those red chip, the middle, those middle of the road um, things can be one of the uh, major pieces that are really tough for leaders to give up that kind of hinder from their from being able to uh, achieve what they can really achieve. I would agree with that. And I think that it also, you know, those those red chips can very easily translate into blue chips or we can use them as a crutch or a reason not to trust or give complete power to our teams. So um, it's kind of looking at it and saying, you know, if this is a middle of the road tactic, how do I, as a leader, how do I turn it into that high value activity, the highest value activity, or is it something that I am willing, not that I can, because in, in Carl's case with his team, I know his team and I know that any of those red chips can be easily delegated to anybody on his team and they'll be taken care of perfectly. So from a leader's perspective, it's, do I really want to let go of these? I think there's, there's some unconscious thinking around, I don't want to give up total control. We say, we say we want to get out of the day-to-day production, but at the same time, our actions say something completely different because we'll find ourselves getting drawn back in. It takes practice. Uh, Beamer? I was just going to add to that a little bit in that, you know, for you, a red chip is a blue chip potentially for your team. And so one of the ways you can help your team grow is to give them those stretch assignments for them. And and then as they get used to doing that stuff, it becomes less and less an issue of them doing the red chips, right? So trust falling a little bit with with the team on those red chips is a big opportunity because those are the things that probably draw you back when you're, you're, couldn't do it on Kilimanjaro, but when you're in your RV trip. And, um, I just, I like what you were saying, Chris, and I, I think the red chips are a great, great thing to delegate and develop your team with them. Yeah. I All think, right, the, dilemma, Go I think the dilemma right now is that just the type of business that we're in, we're sort of the face of the organization and we're small companies, right? So if you have right. a, a large company with different departments and everything, but because all three of us are in the real estate sales space, like when that phone rings, the real estate industry is such that, Oh, I want that specific individual. And it, it puts some pressure on the team leader to have to figure out a way to delegate that call or that client out to somebody who else who's very, very capable, but at the same time, letting them know, assuring them their needs are going to be met. Mm -hmm. So I think as a leader, you have to be willing. I have to be willing as a leader to just let that go and to say, look, no, Zena is going to take really, really good care of you in this transaction. I'm not going to be available. And and there's a lot of, uh, this is a little bit of humility in that, but there's also a lot of it is just sort of being so willing to trust your, your staff. It's easy to do that when you're not in the country, but it's much harder when you're right there in the office and you have the capability to do it, but you're choosing to put your time and focus on bigger things. So that's my dilemma right now back in Lynchburg, but uh, we're getting better at it. And, and you said something, Carl, you said when you're out of the country and you're not accessible, it forces us to be able to take, mm-hmm. to optimize those situations. Right. But when you're back in your comfort zone, when you're back in your office, I mean, Again, I know your team and I know how trustworthy they are. And yet, how long did it take you to get to that point? And I got to believe that at some level, on some things, on any given day, there's still that temptation not to give stuff away, to let go of stuff, to be the guy that handles it because you can. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's sort of the comfort zone that I'm in, you know, I'm mm-hmm. good at it. But the reality is, is that there's other people that are good at it too. And if I'm going to focus on the highest and best use of my time as a business owner and the influencer and the leader in that organization, the CEO, then I need to be doing CEO hat things. 
So mm-hmm. Scott, you're just looking like you're ready to say something. Well, yeah. I mean, I just love this conversation because I mean, you know, a lot of this boils down to us all thinking we're a lot more important than we really are. Right. <laughs> because our teams are so capable and uh, you know, I feel you when you're out of the country, they take care of it. Everything gets done. And then all of a sudden we come back and we think that, you know, we've got to be the ones to do it. But I think the more we do it and the more we practice, like the better that we get at it. On my team, we have a joke. It's not really a joke, but I mean, it kind of is because we laugh. But every time I go on vacation, we sell houses like and we often sell more houses than when I'm not on vacation. And it's because the team knows what to do. But, you know, I'll come back from a vacation and they're like, hey, Scott, you need to go on another vacation because we did we did better while you were gone. And honestly, Kilimanjaro was no exception, Carl. You remember, I mean, my team like rushed it while I was gone. Um, It was it was fantastic. But you know, I, I think that I think a lot of it for me is getting it. I mean, it's releasing control, right? We just talk like getting over ourselves, but a lot of it is just pulling the trigger, making the decision and just doing it and letting the worry and all the other stuff come later because you're going to figure it out. And I think mm-hmm. the more you just get in and do it and have the direct experience, the more capable you become, the more confident you become, and the easier it becomes to do it again in the future. I think there's such a fine line between empowerment and enablement, and we tow back and forth across that line. And the more that we can practice letting go, as uncomfortable as it is, I mean, Scott, you pointed out, you leave, and oftentimes you sell more houses than you do when you're in the office. So, you know, that's feedback. That's data that we need to be watching and looking at and asking ourselves, how, why is this happening and how can I make it happen more? See you guys later. Have a nice day. Go sell more houses, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing I'd add to that is that, you know, your team is never going to do it exactly the way you do it. And, you know, so the way, the way that people learn as adults is that they, they, they learn by trying stuff, making a mistake or two, and then, and adapting from that and getting better and better and better. And so as a leader, sometimes it's hard to watch people, um, you not do it quite as well as you would have done it and letting them learn from that process and kind of giving them the feedback versus taking it back from them. It's a temptation to do that. And then I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know this, but it sounds like you guys were talking and, and Scott, especially for you when you're like, you said, my team sells more when I go away. How does that, I mean, at one level, that's fantastic. At another level, does that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable that? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think that's a great question because I think, I think early on in this whole evolution of like growing a team, you do feel that you kind of feel like, Oh, if they, if they're going to do it better than me and I'm like, that's the goal. I want them to do it better than me, but if they're going to do it better than me, then what does that mean? My place is. And then you start to question sort of your own worth. But, but again, I think like you just do it, you practice, you kind of see what the results are. And then the, the rest, it just sort of naturally evolves. And I was like, as you were talking before this, like I was thinking like how, uh, like the empowerment piece, how capable my team is and each individual on my team, like they want to grow, they want to be capable, they want to have success, right? And I mean, this isn't about like, okay, like I, you know, I know you can do this now go, you know, go do this thing while I'm gone. Like, no, they want to step up and they want to be the leader too. They, they want to feel great about themselves. And, and I think like the, the more that we kind of go through this process, the more we watch our team members grow and thrive, like the better it feels. Like I love it when my team members have big successes. I love celebrating that with them. 
um, because I know that like we're better together. We're going to grow bigger as everybody is growing themselves. And as, as the individuals on the team become more and more capable, it just makes the whole team more capable of doing bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. All right, Carl, do you guys want to add to that? No, all right. He unmuted himself. So I thought he was uh, going to going to chime in but that's okay he tricked me um we're gonna go ahead and put a wrap on this one and the next episode we are going to talk about the lessons that they learned uh while on the mountain uh on mount kilimanjaro and uh hear all about the great business lessons and life lessons that they took away from their journey so uh make sure you tune in to the next episode part two of this conversation to learn about the lessons of kilimanjaro we'll be right back